It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio.
I'm trying to be like Mike Greenberg. You know, he, he got his right. eyes looking. He, 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 you know, he his makeup ain't on nothing on there. I'm just we just gonna go wrong with this one. Uh, D, like this well, yes, needs we, to be an intervention. We gonna need you to call back in, bro. You sound like you're underwater. I know. <laughs> right. right. Ain't nobody gonna want to hit this episode. <laughs> you keep going exactly. out there. Ain't nobody gonna want to hit this episode. Right. Right. <laughs> right. We've been trying to be covert with it. Divine not really listening. You just keep talking. <laughs> I will. I will recheck back in. We'll be All right. Yeah. Check your line. Check your line. <laughs> how you out here like that, man? We, we, we your people. Right. Man. We how you out here like, like right. that? <laughs> <laughs> like nah, bro. You need to. You, ain't nobody gonna listen. Ain't nobody gonna hear none of that static, man. Every time you talk, man, they gonna right. turn the earbuds down. <laughs> As we wait for D Will to reconnect, PAC, what's been going on with you, man? How you holding up? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. Just kind of adjusting to this new normal. Um. But uh, missing sports. Yeah, I don't watch it as much as I used to, but the little bit I was watching, I do miss it. Um, but outside of that, man, things have been going pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you in that boat, man, just trying to get through, trying to figure out how to function in this different way of being. But um, I'm with you. I don't watch as much professional sports as I, I used to at one time when we first started doing this. Um, but I tell you what, yeah. I was planning on watching a bunch this month. <laughs> <laughs> and that did not happen. <laughs> yeah, especially with the NBA normally heating up around this time of the year, and yeah, you know the first round of playoffs coming up in the next month. I mean, it's, it's it feels really odd. Yeah, it is very odd, and and you know this is the month I call basketball Christmas because you got, you know, in most states high school basketball is wrapping up, so you got the best of the best still playing. Then you got the yeah. NCAA tournament, and then the NBA season starts to kick up. And, you know, for those folks that are into baseball, baseball starts to come around. So, like, this is just like a really – one of those sweet spot times during the sports calendar. Um, and, the, you know, it is what it is. It, it's definitely gone for a good reason. Um, but it's still gone nonetheless. And so, you know, yeah. there are times where you're just kind of looking at the TV like, man, ain't ain't nothing for me to watch. I don't really – <laughs> Watch nothing but live sports and ain't none of that on. So I guess I'll go read or something. Go <laughs> right. pick up a book. <laughs> right. I, I, I guess, like my mother said, just go read or put your face in a book, boy. Memorizing <laughs> all them songs. <laughs> D. Wells, you back? Oh yeah, mic check. I'm clear. I had to make you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 it right there. That's the sugar right there. That's yeah. With the rebirth, I can't come out like I'm coming out hard out the womb. I had to come out do something. Now I feel like I'm I, yeah, I'm, I'm participating. That's clear right there. Yeah, well, we, yeah. Brought, yeah. we brought yeah, we brought. You wouldn't have His mic wasn't working. <laughs> 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 he come out for his grand entrance. His mic off. Right, he come out. I ain't no joke, but he sound like I ain't no joke. <laughs> like he got the auto tune mic. Yeah, <laughs> auto tune mic. That's right. I'm like, man, I had this at all. Oh, I have a problem with this at all. Oh, I finally get the band back together, and my mic is all messed up. I'm, I'm like, I, I'm off my steps. Y'all spinning one. Y'all going right. I'm going left. That's all right. We back. We are gonna get it back in order. So you know, the NBA shut down. Uh, and it's one of those moments where I probably will always remember kind of when it like happened because I think when the league shut, when the NBA shut down, it kind of it kind of put all the other things that were going to happen in March kind of on alert. Like you probably should chill out. Like if they can't handle it, we definitely can't handle it. Um, type situation. And I remember I was sitting on my couch and I was watching the um, the Mavs and the Nuggets. I think it was. And it scrolled across the bottom of the screen, and I was I I let out an audible "What the f?" in my living room because <laughs> I was like, "Oh wow," you know, I yeah, it just kind of was like, "Okay, this is what we doing now." Now this is and once that happened, that was the first shoe to drop, and you knew it was gonna be a domino effect from there because again, if 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 that billion dollar industry can't handle it, then 
you know, everybody else needs to sit down somewhere. Um, so what were you doing when you when you, when you found out the NBA was shutting down, D. Wills? I, I was doing the same thing. I was sitting there watching the game, watching the same game, and I was just as it was melting down. I'm just thinking, this can't be. And you could just see it, and you just you could see it all unravel right before your eyes. It was like I was just blown away because it just it got so surreal. Because at that point, you realize no one is immune to this. Like there is no boundaries to this, and you know we're gonna wake up tomorrow. There's gonna be a lot of things that are gonna be changing. It's gonna be different. And so I was just, I mean, uh, when they they had the game, the, the final game didn't get started um, at, at all, and uh, you know that it just you just saw it just melt down in like a two three hour period. I mean that was just I've never seen anything like that in my life, and that I was like wow because most tragedies anytime we have something. The sports is what has been our escape. So at this point, we think, I'm yeah. thinking, what is the escape? And yeah, man. That door was closing. <laughs> yeah, and that door closed real fast. It closed It closed first. <laughs> yes. It closed right right away on us. Uh, PhD, where, where were you at, man? I was in Greensboro, North Carolina at the ACC tournament. And... Mm-hmm. Um, that night, I had watched Carolina lose to Syracuse and Notre Dame beat somebody. I forgot, forget exactly who they were playing. And um, after that late game, we're leaving the arena, and pretty much it was announced that um, the games for the rest of the ACC tournament, Tuesday through Saturday, they would still be played. However, they'd be played with no fans, um, just some family and, and media. Um and so everybody in the arena was kind of bummed, although the environment in the arena was definitely needed. This is the second ACC tournament I've been to. The first was last year, so I have a really direct comparison. And by Wednesday, you know, the stadium was like 80%, 90% full. And then come Thursday, you know, the top four seeds opened up at that point. Um, <clears throat> but this year, even on like even at the Wednesday evening session games, the arena was probably only 20 to 30% full. Um, and I think everybody in the arena was really questioning, why are we even here? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but, and then the following morning, um, so that evening the NBA announced that they were going to cancel the season. And I think I was still in the arena when that happened. Um, so by Tuesday, uh, Thursday noon, the next morning, um, the entire ACC tournament had been canceled. And then everything kind of, you know, had a ripple effect, you know, and clearly the, the NCAA and the ACC, that was all, in my opinion, a ripple effect from the NBA. So, um, I mean, it was, it just felt surreal. I mean, every time somebody would announce something, the person next to you or behind you, like, oh, the NBA is not playing or, you know, this conference decided not to play the second half and cancel the whole tournament. I, I think that was a big East. And, you know, it was just – it was just some announcement or some kind of banner coming across your phone or it felt like an entire 48 hours. Yeah. The bombardment was uh, constant and continuous. Like you said, for about 48 hours, it was just like, okay, I guess we're not doing that. And we're not doing that either. And that just got canceled. <laughs> and that's not going to happen either. <laughs> so yeah, some of these announcements, it felt like, so, like some of these announcements, it felt like they had happened a week before, but they were really just yesterday because it was so yeah, much other right. news that was coming out. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, my, my, I think, I think escalated this, Saturday, I was ready to watch NASCAR. I was like, is NASCAR going to keep going? You know, because Phil T and I yeah. were talking about, you got to look at this racing thing. I'm like, well, this might be my chance to check out racing. <laughs> I was like, and then NASCAR, then NASCAR got the heart. They're like, we're not doing I was like, my goodness, everybody's shutting down. I was ready. Yeah, man. It's, it's, and and it seems like, you know, it's been what like two and a half weeks now, a week and a half. I don't know what it is, man. I really don't know more. <laughs> I really don't know what it is, man. I know I just ain't been to work in a minute. Uh, but like, it seems like it's been a long time, um, yeah. a very long time, just because so much has transpired 
in a small period of time. I remember getting to school um, the Monday, uh, and obviously I wasn't in great spirits. We had just lost in the sectionals. The game before you get to state, we lost in the sectional final by three, and I'm upset. My girls are all in, in in a certain kind of way. And so, you know, that Monday, you know, the district, school district I work for is sending out, you know, information about, you know, how to handle it and everything. And, you know, I looked at one of my colleagues and I was like, man, we ain't going to be here next Monday. <laughs> I'm like, I like, I like, I just feel like, like this, we, this is, this is, you see, even then you kind of felt like, okay, the momentum is going in a different direction. I was like, and I told him, man, I won't be surprised. We ain't even got to got school next Monday. Um, you know, at least we are, our spring break here in Wisconsin is not till April. Um, and so I thought that they might try to hold out until spring break. Um, but the uh, intelligent thinking prevailed, and they said, let's shut this bad boy down. A little bit ahead of schedule, uh, which was appropriate. So as the NBA kind of uh, wrapped things up, as we stand in Milwaukee Bucks, we're kind of the front runners to win the championship. The Lakers were coming on tough. The Clippers were starting to look good. Um, you know, <laughs> Toronto was still looking strong. There are a lot of storylines going on in the season, and I asked each of you guys to pick kind of five storylines that you are looking forward to following um, as the season kind of paused. And if it were to pick back up, these are storylines that you'd be interested in to see how they play out one way or the other. So uh, I'll start with you, PhD. Give us your first one. Um, my first one, and, and I won't go with a low-hanging fruit here, but my first one was, um, I wonder if Chris Paul could make OKC a playoff team. I think when he got traded there as part of that big blockbuster trade with Paul George and um, and Russell Westbrook and, and kind of just that whole uh, series of transactions, I said to myself, you know what, um, OKC has enough pieces around them um, to be dangerous to be a, a top five or six seed in the West. And Chris Paul, you know, I've said this before on the show, I feel like Chris Paul and, and LeBron, of all the guys in their generations, uh, of their generation, those two are the guys that, in my opinion, have consistently made everybody around them better. Um, and to me, they're almost like the most valuable players. Like if you take them off a team, you see the biggest example of how bad that team is once they're not on it. Uh, I mean, Chris Paul is definitely a couple of notches below LeBron in that regard, but I still think he's far far ahead of just about everybody else in the league with the exception of a few other guys like KD. Um, And true enough, I mean, OKC was playing really good basketball when the season got um, suspended, and they were either fifth or sixth in the West. Yeah, man, and I, I, it'll be interesting to see kind of where CP3 lands. Um, just kind of, you know, in our in our all in all of our fictional all time lists, um, or where he even ranks at the point guard position. I think there was a time in his career where you would really argue that he was probably, if not the best, one of the two or three best point guards to ever play the game. Um, and, yeah, you know, there was there was a time I think when he was at his peak where that was a legitimate argument, and you wasn't gonna get looked at crazy. Um, and to me, this is like his y'all must have forgot season, uh, where he's just kind of yeah. reminding everybody, like y'all must have forgot. I'm still, I'm still pretty good. Um, and again, guards, particularly small guards, usually don't age that well. Um, but Chris always struck me as a dude who was going. His game was going age well. One, he was a very good shooter. Um, he's a very smart player, and he always worked. He was always a, a high level defender. So even a drop-off for him was still going to make him an average defender. You know what I mean? So even if he kind of regressed defensively, he was still going to kind of wind up being an average dude. And you can't – you don't lose your smarts and you don't even lose the ability to run the team. Um, that don't go anywhere. Um, and I think his biggest thing over the last couple of years was he, he got a rep as a very ornery kind of dude. Um, and that can mean a lot of things. Um yeah. But that is an interesting kind of situation. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is playing really well. Danilo Gallinari is doing what Danilo Gallinari does. Um, it seems like he's been a very consistent guy for the last four to five years. And just kind of when he's healthy, he's going to give you a certain level of production. 
that you can count on. Um, just kind of a, a solid pro. Uh, Dennis Schroeder's played better. Uh, Steven Adams is, is doing what he always does. Um, and they've gotten a lot out of that team, and they are sitting at fifth. They were sitting at fifth in the um, in the West, which is a hard place to be. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's when I would like to see the – just to see how that team did in the playoffs. Um, I think SGA, Shea Gilders-Alexander is going to be a, a stud. Um, he's already kind of showing signs that he's on that trajectory, but I think he's going to be a really strong player in a couple of years. So, D. Wills, what was your uh, – what was your first storyline? Um, I, I would say, uh, you know, Benjamin Button, a.k.a. LeBron James. I mean, I think that's a storyline for all of us. It's just like whatever he's drinking, I want some of it. Um, he <laughs> is – I mean, I've just – I've ceased to be amazed by this cat, man. He has just been um, taken to another level. I don't know if that, that, that extra rest he got from uh, uh, last summer uh, gave him the boost. But he has just been on fire in every aspect of his game. And just I wanted to see what how it would finish. You know, what you know, what would he show us in the playoffs? You know, at this late stage. I don't I don't know if anyone's played at this level at this stage in their career ever. Um, given given what he's done and just um I am and, and I you know, it's like he's being recognized and playing the way he's always wanted to. And people try to always to try to put him in that kind of Michael score first. But this is, you know, he's always talked about himself being like a, a Peyton Manning type. And, and you are seeing him running that no huddle offense in, in that team this year at, at such a high level. So to me, that was just, you know, storyline of storyline. That's, you know, it's just like he found the fountain of youth. He found something, but whatever he's, Drinking whatever he's doing, you know, uh, scientists probably should look at it, dealing with what we're dealing with right now. He, he found something. And uh, I, I just was looking forward to kind of seeing what that would look like uh, going in the playoffs with a potential, you know, matchup with, with the Clippers. Yeah, and, and this kind of overlaps with one of my storylines, which was kind of that collision course that the two L.A. teams were on um, and how that storyline was developing and, that's a series that hopefully we do get a chance to see some sort of NBA playoffs um, at yeah. some point. But that that one, when you line up those two rosters and you got LeBron and AD, um, and their cast of, of role players that are running with those guys going against Kawhi and uh, Paul George and just that crew of, of dogs uh, that the Clippers have rolled out. And the Clippers are just starting to hit their stride. You know, their, their whole plan was this was a time of year where they wanted to be gelling and starting to come together. And so, you know, the beginning of the season, they're just trying to make sure everybody's rested, everybody's healthy um, for this time right now. Um, and so that, I, that one that one would have been spicy. That would have been real spicy to have those two teams going at it because the Clippers got that chip on their shoulder. You know, the Lakers are, you know, the established commodity, the the, the stars and – and the championships and the banners and the glitz and the glam and the showtime and the stars sitting in the front row and the Clippers are trying to market themselves as a more gritty version of that, um, more blue collar, uh, uh, Brandon. And it would have been great to see the clash of those two styles on the court. You got LeBron who's still playing really well. Kawhi Leonard, uh, you know, going head to head in the playoffs. That would have been nice. That would have been that would have been that would have been very enjoyable. Hopefully, we still get to see it, but that yeah. would have been very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of take us in a different direction with mine, my first one, and mine was the battle for the A spot in the West. Um, you got Memphis, led by John Morant, a really young upstart team uh, that had been that had come on and had a real hot stretch to establish themselves as a playoff team. They had solidified that A spot. But now they're facing the challenge from you got Portland, New Orleans with Zion, Sacramento breathing down their neck, and San Antonio. Um, and Phoenix is in the mix as well, only a, a game or so back out of that eighth spot. So you got all of these teams kind of in the mix fighting for that last spot to play the Lakers and get beat in the first round. But um, is that going to be the Lakers going against Memphis? Is that going to be Zion getting into the playoffs, which everybody would love to see? 
Is it going to be Dame and the Portland Trailblazers getting back in the playoffs? Team that has a, a track record of surprising people. Um, so it would have been very interesting to see how that played out. That also would have had a tremendous impact on the rookie of the year voting. Uh, when you talk about John Morant kind of coming in, and his career trajectory is just crazy. Um, coming into his sophomore year, last year, he was a pretty unknown commodity. Um, you know, has an amazing year, blows up, and then, you know, was kind of an afterthought in the draft process. Everybody knew Zion was going to go first, and then everybody was like, well, after that, you know, it's Jai's going to be all right, but he's not He's not the guy. He's not a guy we're sure you can build your franchise around. Um, and he's definitely come out and really proved to people that he's a franchise level player. Um, this first year in Memphis, uh, they got a good thing going there. Um, and if they can keep those young guys on track, add a couple of pieces here or there, they're going to be tough in a year or two. Um, and obviously in New Orleans, um, they just have been, uh, they've had some bad luck with their health. Um, Brandon Ingram is coming to his own. Alonzo Ball uh, fixed his form, which has actually been uh, very impressive this year. It's hard to do that. Um, it's hard to do that at this late, at this stage of your career as a shooter. Um, but he's done it, and it's been it's, he's looked like a much better, much more efficient play. Still got to learn to shoot free throws. Um, but that's a problem. Point guards got to shoot free throws. <laughs> I can't give you ball at the end of the game. You ain't gonna make the shots. Um, <laughs> That team was coming together, so that was a that was a storyline that I was looking looking forward to seeing how that played out. Um, just kind of not a major mainstream story, but one of those things that you could see in that experience of just getting into the playoffs for a young team like New Orleans or Memphis or Sacramento um, could set up a run the next year. So, uh, PhD, what else you got? <laughs> Before I go, I want to say, Mark, you, you just sound like a coach a little bit <laughs> about the uh, free throw shooting. <laughs> the free throw shooting at the end of the game. I was like, oh, coach, coach coming out right now. Even though you, we got congratulate you on your season. You had an amazing season. So I Absolutely. want to make sure we say that. You know, uh, coach you, of the year. You put a blue, yeah, coach of the year. You put a blueprint together. You know. Uh, you know, people who've been listening for a long time understand your basketball IQ, and you didn't just talk about it. You put it to work with, with those young ladies, and you, you're building something that is going to be special. So I just want to make sure. It was a pleasure to watch your team play and what you've, what you've done. Uh, you know, I just want to say that. Hey, man, I appreciate that. Um, it's fun. I, I get to, you know, do my little thing. It's all the credit needs to go to the young ladies, though, man. They the ones to put the ball in the bucket and stop people oh, from scoring. That's right. I just be over there yelling and stuff. They don't be listening. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can't hear off. me doing the games you anyway. Nah, it's it's fun, man. It's, it, I enjoy it, but I appreciate that. Oh man, yeah, man. Congratulations, bro. It was, it was fun following your squad this year, man. Um, all right, so my next one. Let's see. All right, I'm going to go off the cuff again. Um, so I was curious if the Warriors could actually, you know, make the playoffs with them leave, losing KD as well as um, Clay being hurt. Um, so I was I, – I actually felt like they could be – like they could have been like a top four seed in the West with um, with the addition of D'Angelo Hall as well. You know what? Russ say his name right. You would play football. You went wrong sport. <laughs> right. He a hokey though. He a hokey though. But yeah, I went wrong sport and everything. Uh, D'Angelo <laughs> Russell. Who, by the way, D'Angelo Russell, uh, I mean, this cat was like bottom scum teammate three or four years ago and now you don't even think about that with this cat. I mean, this cat has oh, a great not. PR person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was curious if if Russell and Steph and and uh, Draymond would have enough to like make the playoffs and 
In fact, I even told a friend, like, yo, I think they're going to be a top three or four seed. I was definitely wrong there. They won 15 games, and they have the worst record. <laughs> the worst like record in the league. Pick. This is like your box Madness. <laughs> That's what I missed. I missed the opportunity to see Phil pick this box Madness. This is like a box Madness pick. Uh, what? Stop, <laughs> Pope. <laughs> You know, and See, I did Draymond yeah, so, fan, but I'm, he's a triple single. I'm sorry. Draymond disappointed me. Well, on. we had so Stop many that. conversations, the three of us, over text about who is Draymond. Is Draymond, like, would he be an all-star on another team, or is he just a great, like, like is he a great third or fourth best player on a championship team? And I think this year pretty much identifies that he's probably not much more than the best third or fourth player on a, on a championship caliber team. Uh, but yeah, I was I was definitely way 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 wrong with that one. <laughs> oh, man. we'll get into Draymond in a second because I I I got some credit to take on that one. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> no, come on with it now. <laughs> well, I told y'all. I mean, I told y'all. Like he oh, was really boy. good because go. of what they was asking him to do, man. Like you could you just had to. I don't, I don't know why y'all didn't see that. Like. He I was in the perfect he, ecosystem he, he for him to be exactly what he needed to be. I just said he believed he was one of those facts, which he did believe that. It just hasn't proven out. That's all. I mean, yeah, you he know, Charles Barkley came after But can him, he play that <laughs> way? <laughs> hey, hey, when Chuck said, when Chuck said, hey, he thinks everybody cheered for him, but he's standing next to Justin Timberlake, that hurt. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That hurt. That yeah. Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> And see, and that's the thing. Cats like Chuck been waiting to get at him. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Cats like Chuck been waiting like to get at Chuck him. Chuck was like that uncle, that uncle you think you can uh, join with, and all of a sudden the uncle stops treating you like a nephew, and he really come at you like he do with his friends. When he said that, I was like, ooh, Draymond, just leave it alone. Yeah. Just let him be, man. Just let him be. He been yeah, holding yeah, that one yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Draymond look like Bodie when 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 uh when your boy Avon went to jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just he's still trying to hold that corner, boy. I felt bad for him. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now what what I will what I will say with the Warriors is you got a peep game. Um and I think it's it's very interesting what they're trying to do. Um mm-hmm. and they're trying to rebuild without rebuilding, which is interesting. Yep. Um you know, this is similar to when the Spurs got Tim Duncan. I don't know if there's a Tim Duncan out there, um, but have going from the worst rec, going from one of the best records in the NBA and competing in the finals to then now having the worst record. I don't think Steph needed to be out that long. You know, I don't think Draymond needed to miss as much time as he missed this year. Uh, they've given a lot of opportunity to some young guys, trying to develop some of their roster a little bit. Uh, with like Eric Pascal getting minutes, Marquise Chris, uh, Jordan Poole, they've taken a flyer on Dragon Bender even. You know, they're bringing in guys to try and develop some depth so that when Steph is healthy and Clay is back next year and Draymond is able to do what he needs to do, they have some guys to go with them. But then also they're going to be in position to get a potentially high draft pick um, that can be maneuvered in a lot of different ways, either as in a trade or actually if there's a player that they really like that fits with what they're doing, they can get a young potential young stud in there um, and, again, rebuild while still contending. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. They're trying to play a little bit of chess right now. Um, and the season has gone probably as good as it could have gone for that purpose. Um, I agree. I don't think you were that far off, though, Phil. I was thinking that they could have been a fourth seed. Injuries, you can't predict injuries. And injuries are going to happen. I think if all those guys are healthy, they're in the mix for a playoff spot, for sure. Um, but they weren't. Um, and so that that bared itself out. And I think once they saw what they had and, you know, once Steph got hurt, that was pretty much it. They closed up shop and was like, hey, get the young guys out there, coach them up, Steve, and uh, I'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> Was pretty much yep. kind of how they kind of how they kind of yep. played it. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. But that is very much um, a sleeping giant. That once they get healthy again, oh yeah, you know I think 
I think I anticipate them to be back in the conversation again with the Clippers, the Lakers, um, the Rockets. So then the West gets really, really competitive. Um, And then you talk about Zion and the Pelicans having another year to figure out that roster and to get everything in order there. That's a team that I can see taking the lead in a similar way the Mavericks did with Luka. Um, And where they jump up into, you know, respectability way faster than we thought they would because they have a transcendent talent. Um, And I think Zion and the uh, Pelicans can do the same thing. So then the West is really thick. Um, So I I think that's a good one. That's a very good one. Uh, D. Wills, what's your next one? I'll take a deep Miami Heat unleashed. Uh, when you think about, you know, uh, you know Jimmy Butler, they have Bam, uh, but you got guys like Duncan Robinson, who was uh, three or four years ago was playing Division Three basketball, went to Michigan was you <laughs> yeah. know, a role player, but now it's just killing it. You know, Hero, you know him from Wisconsin. Um, you know, he was on his way to Wisconsin and then did a quick turn to Kentucky. Was played well at Kentucky, but has really blossomed as a pro. Um, you know, bam, that team, you know, Spolster's got them playing it. They just, they play hard. They come at you, you know, they're not a team you want to play against in the you know, first round of the playoffs. But I just, they, I've, I've really liked how they've retooled with those, those young players and just the kind of noise they're making. But, you know, they are, you know, Butler's found a home. I think, you know, being uh, in Miami with Pat Riley and Spolster, I think that's just a good environment for him. Um, and with the players they've had, Kendrick Nunn, you know, that, that team I was really excited to kind of see how they were going to mature and, and grow, um, you know, coming, you know, not really come out of nowhere, but I think the jump they made this year was a, a pretty big jump. Yeah, and the Heat, man, they got, they got something good down there, man, because they be finding people. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they they scout they scout department. They maybe finding cats, man, and then they 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 put them in the right positions. And can people start giving Spo credit, man? Like I mean, like for real yeah. credit. Like I yeah. think people recognize like he's one of those like he's your favorite MC's favorite MC. Like that's that right. type of coach, you know, like that's yeah. Spo. Like the other coaches be like, hey, I stole a bunch from him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like the mainstream folks don't really know. You know, he like the Jada kiss of coaching. <laughs> you know what I mean? With everybody else. <laughs> The catch in the game, respect and know it, but mainstream folks may not be on it like that. But yeah, Spo uh, and the Heat definitely are, and they're deep. They're deep. Bam out of bio has turned into a stud. I mean, they just got a really strong team, man. That's a scary team. That's a real scary yeah. team. And again, they just find dogs. They find dudes who, as Bomani Jones calls them, they can't go back. <laughs> <laughs> they get those cats. They get those cats. They're like, I ain't going back, man. I don't care what you're yeah. talking about, man. What you want me to do? I'm gonna do that because I can't go back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they got a lot the of those. Guys. Can't go back, Jimmy Butler. I mean, the exactly. <laughs> he got exactly. a band of can't go back. Yep. Hey, that's why when Jimmy got down there, he was like, I'm home. This is I. I hey, these cats are like me. <laughs> I like this. So, yeah. Yeah, I want to keep it in the East um, for my last one, and then I want us to get into some football. And obviously, y'all going to have to carry me in that conversation because I still have not watched no football in like two years. So, <laughs> y'all going to have to carry me in that conversation. But uh, but the last one I want to yeah, talk about too, is Brooklyn Yeah, me too, bro. <laughs> so, the last one I want to talk about is Brooklyn Nets, um, a team that made the playoffs last year, uh, led by D'Angelo Russell and kind of a – an ensemble cast of B minus to C plus players who fit together well as a scrappy unit of just work hard. Like we just going to go out here and work hard. Um, and this summer they signed Kyrie, signed KD and things are not going well. Um, they had a stretch when Kyrie was out where the team seemed like it was playing better. They were winning games. I won't say they was playing better. They were winning more games because um, you can win games and not be necessarily playing better, um, especially in the NBA where scheduling matters a lot. Um, and then Kyrie came back, and there's just a lot of discontent and uneasiness around the whole situation. Kenny Atkinson, who is, again, one of those really good coaches that not a lot of people know about, he and the team decided to mutually part ways, which is also kind of a telltale sign that something was up. 
yeah, there's definitely a sign that something was up, you know. And so your thoughts on – and I want to I wanna put this out there to y'all for a couple minutes. What are your thoughts on Kyrie Irving as a franchise cornerstone, like somebody you can build your franchise around? I don't see him being a guy who can be your best player. I, I just – I can't because I just don't think you can depend on him to lead. I don't think you can depend on him to do the things that he needs to do. He can't set the tone for everybody else. There are things that he doesn't do that if he don't do them, then everybody else going to be like, I ain't got to do it either. Play defense, you know, <laughs> treat people appropriately. <laughs> and just kind of set that tone of just like, this is kind of how we going to go about our business. And your best player has got to be able to do that. And I just don't see that in him, man. What are your thoughts? Maybe I'm off. Well, I think Kyrie – I think Kyrie's in a good situation right now with uh, the, the Nets, especially when KD gets back. I think about when they won the 2016 championship in Cleveland, um, and even the two years before then, um, Kyrie was fine as the second fiddle. Even during the regular season, oftentimes he was the go-to guy on offense. Um, I think when he doesn't have a really strong personality or leader with him, um, it can really be a challenge. And I think he really got exposed with Boston last year and with, you know, like his role with the Nets this year, especially with KD out. Um, Unfortunately, I think the chips are stacked and the evidence is there is that he can't be an alpha dog, you know, on a contender and, and you expect to win. Like that just is not going to work. Yeah, yeah. D-Wills, you got any other thoughts on, on Kyrie? I think, yeah, I think, you know, Kyrie's too lost in his head. You know, I think he is, you know, still figuring out why he thinks the earth is flat. And, but he's <laughs> a genius on the floor. And I think the only way to work in any situation is he has to have a – he has to have like a Pat Riley. He has to have somebody who is strong, who can really – he has to have uh, Popovich. He has to have somebody – who, uh, you know, a Phil Jackson. He, he's going to have to have that type of person that really forces him to deconstruct some stuff. But there's not that many coaches. We got a lot of great coaches. There's not that many that I think could fill that bill for him. But I think if he's okay experiencing Boston, you know, I think that's why I think it was so easy for him to at least find, you know, a, a KD who he already has friends with. Um, you know, I think he might be better off next year with KD on the floor because I think KD can get him to to go where he needs to go in a way that maybe sometimes LeBron might have rubbed him wrong, but I think he's also realizing LeBron was steering him to. But I think if he can accept that role, he's not going to be the leader in many aspects, but he's going to be the leader down the stretch of games. It's going to be clear who needs to have the ball in their hands and some key points down the stretch with Kyrie, uh, money time and big time. But all the other things that come along with it, I, he's going to have to give it to somebody else to do. Yeah, and I, and, I, and that's why I see and, – and I, and I agree with both of you guys. I think that's the best – like, we talked about Draymond and, like, the best ecosystem for him. Um, I think that's the best ecosystem. And like you pointed out, Phil, you saw that in 2016 when he was on that Cavs team with LeBron. The best ecosystem for him is where he can just be – like, he don't have to be Marlowe. He can be Chris or Snoop. You know what I mean? Like, he can be the hitter. He can be the hired hitter who's going to go out, strike fear in everybody's hearts, do immeasurable amounts of damage, but then at the end, he ain't got to come back and run the organization. And when, when I mean the organization, like, take care of the, 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 the little identity stuff that a leader has to take care of on top of producing on the court that he – just is not he just ain't interested in like I don't I, and I think that's really what it is he's just not interested in that I don't think that's his personality um you know to be that dude you got to show other people that you genuinely like kind of care about them and I don't know if he's built that way you know what I mean I don't know if he's and again I think there's some of that genius kind of savant thing going on where he just doesn't really relate to people that well um and there are very few people who he connects with and he connects with people who he feel are his peers and if he doesn't see you as a peer, 
then he may come on. Like Rondo has a little bit of that too, where if he doesn't see you as a peer, then he may kind of be like, I ain't got time for you. Um, and Rondo has kind of grown out of that and kind of grown into more of a mentoring phase of his career. And I don't think Kyrie's at that point yet because he's still ready to bust heads and he still sees himself as a guy who's ready to do damage, which he is. Um, yeah. But I think he needs to be in that situation. Now the question is, is KD that dude? Because KD's his equal and his peer as a player. I don't know what KD's leadership skills is like, though. Right? I don't know how KD, because he's also kind of sometime with his personality. Um, and so it'll, it'll just be an interesting dynamic once all of that kind of gets together and you get that whole crew together and how they will work things out and work through things. Because um, I think both of those guys are very, very different kind of personalities as far as how they find content contentment. Yeah. And your star's got to be content or else ain't anybody else going to be content. And and they got to make space for people like Levert and some of those other guys who can who have demonstrated they can do work. And so for them to play at that championship level, and I'm, I know KD understands that, you know, to the extent that Kyrie can create that space or a coach can create the lineups that allow for that to happen. Um, you know, it's, it's, a lot of it's going to come down to how they decide the, on, on the coaching direction uh, permanently in terms of, of that. Who can manage all those personalities along with Katie's leadership? Yeah. With that, I want to transition talking about coaching and that dynamic between the coach and, and their best players. Uh, a long, long-time relationship in the NFL just broke up between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. With Tom Brady leaving New England and heading to Florida, um, is this? And, and the question is, does he still have some bullets left in the chamber, or is this another example of a northeasterner heading down south to retire? Or is he in his snowbird phase? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is this another version of you know the folks from the northeast kind of being like, eh, we ready to retire? We gonna got, we gonna cop some land in Florida, and we gonna go kick it down there. You know, is, is he in his snowbird phase, or has he still got some work to give to people? Uh, D. Wills, what are your thoughts on that, man? Man, I just finished watching uh, O.J. Made in America. I saw him on, the, on, the, uh, on that 49er uniform on when he left Buffalo. This is like, man, sometimes when you change teams, you just get old quickly. But I would say mm-hmm. that uh, uh, Tom Brady going down to uh, Tampa, actually, I think he's going to rejuvenate him. Um they got some really good weapons um, as well. Um, I think, you know, you know, I love Jameis down there, but, you know, when you throw 30 interceptions, you just kill drives. I think if he can just manage that office like Tom Brady does, uh, I think he could be very effective down there. Um, uh, he's got a coach who's innovative, uh, who can, you know, I think will be great for him. Um, they got some young cats on defense they put together. So you know, I think I think he's going. I think they're going to have a pretty competitive season in a division that is going through some transition. You know, uh, Atlanta hasn't has, hasn't really met uh, the the expectations. Carolina is transitioning. You do got uh, New Orleans over there. You know, with Breeze, uh, but you got some other transitions happening at conference as well. So so I so let me. Ask, right. I want to stop you for a second since we're talking about the NFC South. I got a question. Because again, I ain't been watching. This, I ain't been watching hardly no football. I, I yeah. catch stuff on ESPN every now and again. What the hell is going on in the NFL where you just releasing Cam Newton and you just releasing Todd Gurley? Like Todd Gurley on the Falcons now, Cam Newton leaving the Panthers. How does that happen? That doesn't happen in the NBA. <laughs> like you ain't gonna just release <laughs> a really good player for nothing. <laughs> like you gonna trade him, even if it's for pennies. You gonna get a yeah, second it, round pick of something. Yeah, and that's what happens when you know the big with the you know with this collective bargaining agreement and you know really the push for trying to get as much guaranteed money as you can for people. You know, you know the NFL owners are ruthless, and you know on top of it they're putting coronavirus clauses in contracts you know, where you already have a, a, a you know a, a medical exam related 
clause in the contract. They're actually being specific. So NFL owners are ruthless, and this is an example. You know, Todd Gurley, uh, I think it wasn't that much money they'd have to pay Todd Gurley. It was, I think it was, what, another maybe three, four million dollars a year or something, something crazy. It wasn't a huge amount of money they would have to pay if they if they cut him. So, yeah, I mean, that's the league, and that was, you know, part of the issues with the collective bargaining agreement. But, you know, Cam is going to end up landing somewhere. But, you know, a world where you drop somebody who was just MVP not too long ago, you know, that's the NFL. Yeah, man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, I ain't really been into the league like that, man. And I'm, I'm going to take your word for it that Tampa got weapons because I, I couldn't even tell you. But just the fact that I'm reading these names is getting released. And, again, last I checked, Cam Newton was – I know he's coming off some injuries and, you know, and there's some question marks about his health. But – He's still probably one of the best 15 quarterbacks in the league, and from what I understand, that's that's the most important position, unless something's changed. Uh, and, again, I get Gurley is a running back, and running backs are devalued. But, again, from what I understand, he ain't 30 yet, and he ain't even close to 30. What is he, 26, 27? But, but I think what killed him was that, you know, that the knee um... – you know, he's going back to Atlanta, which I think will be great. He's actually uh, uh, working out with uh, the person that worked with my niece when she was recovering. He's great in terms of uh, he's worked with Gurley on uh, a lot of his recovery when he was in college. So I think being in Atlanta, being, you know, uh, in a familiar, he, I think you'll see a strong season for him next year uh, with the Falcons uh, just because I think he's going to be around his surroundings. I think he's going to have an explosive year, but I think that knee was probably what pushed the Rams out uh, uh, on him. But I still think he has some good years. You're right. And uh, with him being in Atlanta, I think that could be a, a good move for him. Okay. And then Jameis. Man. <laughs> Jameis is <laughs> – I want to ask you all a question. Can I ask you all a question? I think – Come on, with I think Jameis sees LASIK. Every time I look at him, he's squinting. And I, my, my, my thing is, you don't throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions just because. I'm telling you, man, look at every picture. He's squinting. He's been squinting since he was in college. I'm telling you. Somebody going to figure that out, have him do some LASIK, and James going to be on. He always – Well, I think he supposedly had LASIK. I think he had LASIK. He did? He got a bad – I think he had season. it this offseason. <laughs> no, I think he, had, he just got it, like, before they let him go. Like, he just got it, like, a couple weeks ago. Like, well, I, I, I think know, I saw that. I think I saw that. He about to have a breakout yeah, I think I saw year. that. Now, see, the thing Man. about Jameis is that you couldn't tell if he was squinting because he couldn't see or if he was squinting because he was that shady dude. <laughs> 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 we all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> that dude you hanging around, and he always plotting or scheming or trying to come up with some little stupid harebrained scheme to get over on somebody, whether it's trying to get an extra drink at the bar, trying to get some girl number. Uh, any of that. Jameis right. was that dude. Oh, right. you could again. You couldn't tell if he was squinting, squinting old Bill he was Right, rubbing his hands together, squinting, or he really can't see. Right, right. the role Bill Bellamy plays in every movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Jameis has some of that. He has some of the personality traits of that guy. So I think that's why nobody really said that. Jameis, can you really see? They just figured he was being Jameis. <laughs> 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 somebody's like, hey man, you squinting all the time, man. Why you, is you? You know, he's probably around some some white, some non-black folks, and they was because black <laughs> folks knowing that that we know what that dude is doing. White folks probably was like, why are you always squinting? For what? <laughs> and somebody finally asked James why he's squinting. James probably was like, man, I really can't see that far. And they was like, oh, <laughs> we always just assumed he was on some. <laughs> <laughs> but that boy threw 30 interceptions, man. I read that now I'm going to fill out my chair, man. <laughs> 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. I was just like, my goodness. And then had the nerd to be like, well, I threw more than I gave back. So, I mean, I'm good. <laughs> what y'all mad about? What y'all mad for? It's not like I threw 30, and, uh, 30 interceptions and 15 touchdowns. I threw 33 touchdowns, too. <laughs> Again, that's shady. Is that why you squint, Matt? You trying to sell me something that you ain't got? 
<laughs> well, I hope he land up with the Steelers. I know we've been talking about. It. I, I take him as a backup to Ben. If they can't give him a start, you think job. you so you think Ben got another run in him? He looked like he got one more in him, but we'll see. You know, uh, but we definitely need to have a backup for him. So if, if Jameis is willing to play that role, we we I love to have him in Pittsburgh, especially since he got that LASIK. We we ready there. <laughs> Or would y'all rather have Cam? If the price is right. Yeah, I just don't – I can't see Cam being a backup, man. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I can yeah. see Cam. like, I need to take a step back and kind of make this work. I just can't see Cam. You know, yeah, Cam is like – You know what you really can't see? Stuff. You know what you really can't but, see? You can't see Cam wearing them outfits in Pittsburgh. <laughs> no, man. I can't see that. That ain't going to work. This ain't Charlotte, man. This ain't Charlotte. You ain't finna get away with that. Nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I got Cam Prescott, Allen Iverson. Hey, don't tell you. You're going to have about three I press conferences. Allen Iverson. <laughs> You can talk to the old head about that one. <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah. Cam is not finna be in the NFC South. Well, if he was at Pittsburgh, the AFC North, them them, them press conference is gonna be a little bit different. <laughs> oh, they gonna be a little bit different up there. The rust belt, yeah, ain't really going for all that. We're trying to have yeah. some different kind of conversations. <laughs> Why is your hat so big, sir? <laughs> Does it can need to be that big? Well, yeah. Right. Are those niggers? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of pants are those, sir? <laughs> yeah, he's going to need Tomlin coming out there. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Well, hey, fellas, we're approaching the last couple minutes. Uh, this has been fun, man. I, again, we got to do a couple of these until we get clear to like actually be around other human beings outside of our family. Um, so right. just let me know when y'all want to get on and we'll lay down a couple of these for the people. Cause we do it for the people. Um, That's right. this has been fun, man. I appreciate being able to hear y'all voices and, and connect with y'all, man. Uh, so stay safe out there, man. That's, that's the biggest thing. Uh, we got a little system here. I'm the designated store runner. So I, I, I'm the only one that's leaving and coming back. <laughs> Man. Everybody, we don't want no variables. We don't want no variables. Put, 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 put them gloves on. Hey, man, and see, I don't wear them little plastic gloves, man. I wear my winter gloves, yo. I ain't playing. Okay. <laughs> I got on some gloves, you like 50 dog. degrees. I got on some uh, gloves. Your hands are hot. 50 steps. I'm in there with ski gloves on. <laughs> well, we're on about that you take you take in the place coming with some gloves. It's fifty degrees right, out here. Right. <laughs> All right. I hope you have a mask and not a ski mask, Martin. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we don't get nobody in these pieces. <laughs> so y'all telling me I should wear the bandana over my face when I go air with the gloves. Oh, no, no, you did not. <laughs> nah, man, don't do that. We got too many variables of black males out here. We can't we can't do it like that. We go <laughs> oh man, that wouldn't be a good look, huh? No, nah, not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, but stay safe out there, man. Stay safe. Uh, I guess I get all the right. last word this episode. You got, you got, you got the last word, man. All right, man. I wanna, uh, I wanna first say, uh, you know, shout out to uh, all the people out there just trying to figure this thing out, man. And the biggest thing I would, I would encourage you to do is. Uh, don't get so much so much caught up in what you can't do uh, and focus on what you can do. And you can spend time and reconnect with your loved ones, uh, get off them screens, um, just have fun, enjoy each other. You have an excuse to be with your people. Um, and there's no better excuse than you can't go nowhere. <laughs> so just, you know, take walks, play games. You know, me and my wife had a virtual date night the other night. We went and uh, Anthony Hamilton did a little – Instagram live and in his uh from his living room did a little concert so we watched the concert we got dressed up watched the concert and then when the concert was over uh, we went and watched uh, DJ D Nice's set and then we went down we kicked all the kids upstairs we went down to the basement 
had club quarantine. So uh, just be creative. Have fun. Enjoy it again. Don't get caught up in what you can't do and focus on what you can do. So enjoy it while you got it because, um, man, things change in a hurry. Uh, and if this this situation, I don't even know what to call it, this pandemic um, isn't a perfect example of how quickly things can turn on a dime, uh, I don't know what it is. You might be hard-headed if you don't get it. <laughs> so, uh, again, I appreciate you, fellas. Real Sports Guys, RSG Renegade Radio, and we out. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.